What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. I have a question... What's that, little hulkster? Hulk Hogan? That's right, brother. I mean, someone who sounds like Hulk Hogan, but uh, copyright-wise is not technically Hulk Hogan. That's right. Um, sure. Why not? Don't internet search me. Okay, my mom doesn't let me use Google anymore anyway. That's probably for the best, little hulkster. Wait a second. Maybe you can help me. I'll do what I can. Where I'm looking for all the wrestling news, rumors, and all the results, and I can't find them anywhere. Well, let me tell you something, little hoaxer. If you need your fix for internet wrestling rumors and results and all the inside information, you're going to need to go to WrestlingNewsWorld.com. If you're not there, you're not anywhere, brother. Wow, thanks, kind of Hulk Hogan. Sure thing, little hoaxer. Remember, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and go to school and all that other stuff, because I'm not really Hulk Hogan, so I don't know what he'd want to say. WrestlingNewsWorld.com Hey everyone, Brendan here from What Were They Thinking? Make sure you join us on September the 3rd, well, for every episode, uh, but September the 3rd we'll be having a very special uh, awards slash demerits uh, type deal. It's going to be the first ever What Were They Thinking? Manos Handouts. Uh, we'll be giving awards for most unnecessary explosion, worst actors, worst movies, uh, and also like most bearable movies. So check it out. I might have a few celebrity guests show up. Yeah. Now on to the show. We are Joe and we are fine. We are Joe's and we are fine. Movie based on a toy line. Movies based on a toy line. All the fanboys hated it. All the fanboys hated it. Because of the non-canon shit. Because of non-canon shit. Sound off. What were? Sound off. They thinking. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? thinking? You're dismissed, soldier. (laughs) And that was the pitch meeting for G.I. Joe. (laughs) <laughs> we, yes, oh. that was the pitch for G.I. Joe. They mentioned how all the fanboys were going to hate all the non-canon shit that they wanted to do uh, in the pitch meeting. That's the only way I could understand that this movie got made. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am Brendan. And I am Nathan. And with me in studio, uh, we have our special guest, G.I. Joe aficionado, Matt Pettifer. Hey, how's it going? Now, are you a general or a colonel or a sergeant? I don't think I'd be either of those. <laughs> Civilian. G.I. Joe. Civilian. Civilian, yeah, looking from the outside in. <laughs> uh, now, I understand that this is one of your favorite films. Oh, yeah, one of my top ten. <laughs> 
So today we are talking about, as if uh, you didn't uh, get it from the opening there, we are talking about G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. The 2009? Yes, 2009. Attempt at making a G.I. Joe movie uh, based on, you know, the cartoon and the toys and all that, the comics and all that stuff. Now, they've actually made, they'd made a couple of cartoon movies by this point. Am I not? I'm correct, right? Yeah. yeah there's been at least uh, uh, at least three, I think. Before this, or like cartoon ones, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, well, there's probably been more than that because there's so many different um, lines. Like, there's the original like 1985 GI Joe cartoons, and then there's like uh, Sigma Six, and there's a bunch of Sergeant Savage, and a bunch of other lines too that they did. Um, that failed miserably. <laughs> Unfortunately, this one did not. Did it do well? It did quite well. It did well in the box office and stuff like that. Okay. It's just... Um, the main thing for this movie was the fact that the fanboys hated it. <laughs> yes, well, that's, that's, that is true. <laughs> funny you should mention that, because before we get into the movie, the, the body of the movie itself... This uh, I, I found out that this film was not it's not screened for critics before it was released and only presented to select fans on the internet early on. Wow, that's actually pretty telling. Yeah. Um. The thing is, <laughs> did they not see the uh, potential backlash in that? Because I'm sure, as Matt's going to tell us, this movie is not <laughs> very true to its source material. No, he's got some opinions. <laughs> yeah. now, now, before we get into it, though, Brennan, I, I have to say, your your research kind of sucked on the saying for it because you put the wrong saying on you the You absolutely site. did. We're, wrong, we're nerd calling you out on this one. The wrong saying? Yes. Yeah, you, said, you said, now you know, and that's half the battle. Wrong, not the wrong, wrong. It's oh, completely wrong. What, what is it? No, 100% wrong. It's now, it's now you know, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. All right, nerds. <laughs> I'm just saying, Brennan, if you're, if you're going to you know do it, do it right. I would argue I know more about G.I. Joe than the people who wrote this movie. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> probably... Yeah, it's probably a fair statement, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, another thing is, uh, there's a lot of, like... There's, there's quite a few talented people in this movie. Um, Dennis Quaid was only... Who- if I could stop you there, every time he was on screen delivering his lines, I could not stop picturing him as Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> what? I don't know. There was just something came over me when I was watching the movie. I just kept waiting for him to like start spouting off stuff like, follow that one, killer. <laughs> he should have just went If I'm full. going to hell, I'm going to hell paying the piano. Did he play Jerry Lee Lewis in a movie or something? Yeah, Great Balls of Fire. Oh, I did not know that that was Dennis Quaid. Uh, but apparently, he was only supposed to be in like two, three scenes. Uh, the filmmakers enjoyed working with him so much that they wrote 10 to 15 more scenes and filmed them with Dennis Quaid. That would explain a lot of the random Dennis Quaid scenes. Or the fact that he was pretty much, well, dead. Uh, after the first attack, and they just kept him alive in like a, what seemed like a tacked-on scene. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and lot. then he like, gradually gets the better. Cartoons and comics was like he was like a main guy. Yeah, like, nobody could hurt General Hawk. Well, that's just <laughs> it, right? There's so much stuff about this movie. 
<laughs> so, okay. But, so here yes, we go. Yes, Joe, another toy line movie that we're doing yeah. for our show. What was the, wait, uh, what was the other toy line movie? We oh, did, trans- uh, No, we didn't do Transformers. Before. Garbage Pail Kids. Yes, that's the one. Trading card, but still, I mean, same idea. It's a product to shill to kids to get them to spend their parents' money to buy the stuff. So, <laughs> so GI Joe: Rise of Cobra, as any everyone w- would expect, um, begins in 1641 France with British French people. <laughs> When this started, and it said France, sixteen forty one, I was like, "What? <laughs> you thought you you thought you picked the wrong movie, didn't you?" Oh my god! I, yeah, I honestly, GI Jacques, what the hell? GI <laughs> Jacques. And this scene, like honestly, this scene is the most unnecessary scene in the whole movie. It kind of is because later, when we find out, spoiler alert, McCullen is the bad guy. Yeah, um, he describes this whole scene <laughs> yeah well it's i don't know it was the it was the the trap that a lot of uh movies fall into with uh you know with well-known or well-established franchises they feel the need to put the origin in when i you, you got to take into account that i'm gonna say anywhere from a good 70 to 80 percent of your target audience is gonna be people who already know what's going on and uh I don't know about Destro. Uh, don't don't. Uh... Well, the, the scene would have been fine if Destro, if he had already been Destro at the first of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, then that scene would have made sense. But where he didn't become Destro until the very end, like right when they get arrested, finally, it's it doesn't. There's no need for it. Yeah, I. I it's got to be a kick in the pants for someone excited to see like Destro. Uh, and they start out with his great 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 grandfather. Yeah, yeah. And, and becoming the man in the iron mask. And, and that, they called him Destro, but I'm Destro later on. <laughs> I honestly, one thousand percent. It's funny you mentioned man with the iron mask because I one thousand percent for a second thought I was like maybe I downloaded man with the iron mask <laughs> <laughs> because it's yeah it's the he puts a, like a like a puts a mask in like fire or lava or whatever and then yep. puts it on his, the dude's fa- the dude's face and i was like what am i watching <laughs> um i hope nathan i pray that you made this joke i wrote it down but when it says in the not too distant future next sunday ad yeah also how is <laughs> 300 years the not too distant future <laughs> well what the, what what year did they say was uh 1641 so almost 400 years <laughs> well i think they mean in the not too distant future from when whatever it is that you're watching it i don't know it seemed like it was from that time it was <laughs> so it was weird oh, phrasing. it was very 2009 <laughs> yeah <laughs> it actually guys the gi joe the main body of the gi joe movie actually just takes place in 1672 I guess we should explain what happened. Okay, so he got the iron mask thing because he like he was uh, an arms dealer. I guess this yeah, guy. Yeah, and he was selling to both sides. Selling to both yeah. sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is like McCullen's uh, ancestor, but we don't know that yet. But I mean, it becomes pretty obvious from minute two that McCullen is going to be the villain. Yes, oh, because yeah. he has acid bugs. <laughs> Nanomites. Yeah. It's funny because the whole concept of the. Um... They're, the whole concept of the Warheads is actually from one of the cartoon movies. Um, only 
they made it more futuristic with the nanonite, uh, nanonites than um, what they did in the movie. There's a there's a cartoon movie called uh, Rockets Red Glare, and that's where this whole warhead thing came from. Only in Rockets Red Glare, they were nuclear. I was just keep, I kept waiting for Matt to say, except they were better <laughs> with every single except. I, I'm, I'm assuming after a while we're just going to have to tack that on. See, in the cartoon, <laughs> they did this, and it was better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, right off the bat, I gotta say, this, like, the idea of these nanomites, right? Basically, they eat through anything that's steel. Or, like, anything... Basically, they eat through anything, right? Anything, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> one of the first lines, because we, we soon meet Channing Tatum and Marlon Wayans. They're our heroes. Hooray. And Who aren't GI Joes? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Start. Yeah. We even though even though Duke is supposed to be the most decorated GI Joe. Yeah, because yep. it's his origin story, I guess. Um, but but the thing There's is, a lot of origin stories in this. Oh, <laughs> there are. This yeah. this movie may as well have been called Flashback, because <laughs> every character gets a backstory and a full like fleshed out flashback. Absolutely. Yeah. But. This guy, basically they're to deliver these warheads uh, for NATO, um, these uh, nanomites. And this guy tells Marlon Wayans, he, uh, Marlon Wayans says like, oh, uh, I'll just take this briefcase. And he's like, it's fine, I can throw it around and stuff. And he says, well, don't hit any potholes with it. Then later we see people like smashing people in the face. We see the nanomite briefcase in like a car that gets like thrown through the air. Yeah, like, it gets tossed around a fair bit. A fair bit. <laughs> like, all right, but don't 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 drive over any potholes. <laughs> Inconsistent. I'm shocked. Yep. Um. So yeah, I don't know how I feel about. Uh, okay, Channing Tatum. Uh, at this time, not a great actor. I gotta say. Well, and, and the thing with this movie too is he didn't want to be Duke. Yeah, he wanted to be Snake Eyes. And if, if you if you look at any of the interviews he does about this about this movie, this is his least favorite movie that he did. <laughs> yeah, he he act, he. Uh, I read that he uh, hated it. <laughs> yeah, but but what the hell? How how the heck was he going to be Snake Eyes? Well, there's that. <laughs> I, it, it's possibly that. It's Maybe awesome. he, he might have been better because Snake Eyes doesn't talk. That's true. Well, <laughs> that's a fair point. He's definitely got but that deer in the headlights look. If he was look. Snake Eyes, he would you wouldn't have seen his face at all. No. They you wouldn't, wouldn't even, even know it was him. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why Ray Park was playing him. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think Ray Park would have pulled off Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I can tell you, I don't know what Ray Park looks like. Because I've only seen him as, like, Darth Maul and, like, this character. And, Toad. And, oh, okay. Okay, I got a well, kind of he, an idea. He is not American. <laughs> no, he's, he's got an accent, he doves. <laughs> it would have been perfect then. Why not? Just do it. Yo, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no one's after the battle. <laughs> you get it right there, Brendan. You get it right there. Yeah, because it's a line in this movie, guys. It's a fucking shoehorned line in this movie. Yeah, but they even say that's half the battle in this, don't they? Oh, they that yeah. Wrong. yeah. But e- even then, I think they only say it like maybe once. They do, because I rolled my eyes so hard that I lost an eye, <laughs> well, actually. Well, he it, says it. And same with Yo Joe. They say it once the entire movie. That's like their main catchphrase. Yeah. Well, they say it once, and then Chain and Tatum later references it when he says, like, didn't you say that knowing was half the battle? I was like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, the. the 
the briefcase. Oh, so, okay, so as we uh, learned to, there is a kill switch in the briefcase with the nanomites. Uh, not engaged yet. Not engaged. <sighs> Whatever. Like, science. It's a wrestling reference. Oh, oh, okay. They did CM Punk's entrance theme for a while. Kill switch engaged. I, it's also Christian's I didn't the... uh, finisher. <laughs> I didn't sigh at the wrestling reference. I just sighed at this movie. Oh, okay. But, so anyways, back to the G.I. Dude bros. Yeah. Um. So Channing Tatum and Marlon Wayans are delivering these warheads for NATO, like I said. They have this ridiculous conversation in the on the way there that's like, Oh, I wonder if this is going to set anything up. Because <laughs> he, uh, Marlon Wayans is all like, I want to be in the air. And Chan- is that how you talk Like when you watch movies? Like, I'm glad I don't watch movies with you. <laughs> what? Gosh, Nathan, I wonder what's going to happen next. <laughs> Shit, I don't know how to do <laughs> Yeah, I actually do that out loud. So that's why I watch a lot of movies by myself. Uh. <laughs> right in the theater. Gosh, Annabelle, <laughs> I think that doll's haunted. <laughs> um, but yeah, Marlon Wayans has this thing where he's like, I want to be in the Air Force. And then Channing yeah. Tatum, I don't think, understands what the Air Force is. Because he's like, no, I want to be on the ground where all the fighting is. Well, no, it's it's actually that old uh, cliched bit, which is actually uh, kind of rings true from what I've been told. Whereas each branch of the military thinks they're superior to every other branch. So if you're in the army, you're better than the air force, the navy, or the marines. And if you're in the navy, you're better than the air force and the army and the marines. If you're in the blah 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 blah, in the navy. Yes, despite all the homoerotic jokes that people make about being in the Navy, the people who are in the Navy feel they are superior to the Air Force and the Army and the Marines. So Cobra attacks. I guess they're Cobra. Are they Cobra yet? I don't know. No. Not officially, no. Okay. Cobra doesn't even really come up until the very end of the movie. Yeah. That's correct. But the uh, the co- the people that are in Cobra um, attack, attack in an attempt to steal the warheads. Yes. And we meet Sienna Miller, looking fine. Sexpionage. Yeah. Although, I gotta say... Call back to Nick Fury. (laughs) Her sunglasses look is kind of (laughs) lame. Like, she's attractive, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. That are transition lenses. (laughs) They are. (laughs) You know, I hear she got them at Vogue Optical. Her second pair, she got them for free. I will say, though, that the... uh, the fights, uh, at least this one here, was actually a pretty good action set piece, um, and it, it did actually set at least some character tone. So it did accomplish something. The explosion effects in this fight scene are actually halfway decent. Now the plane flying around is another story. Awful, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Well, funny thing, you should mention the explosions because apparently this movie has two hundred and fifty explosions. That doesn't surprise me. No. Um, there's also, like, a Forrest Gump moment in this scene. Because Channing Tatum, like, he, he picks up Marlon Wayans and sets him somewhere. And then he runs back, like, I gotta go get the warheads! <laughs> but I think Forrest Gump was smarter than Channing Tatum in this movie, so. Well, Forrest Gump ran away, not towards. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Already a smarter character. Uh, there's a really vicious death in this scene too. Channing Tatum stabs a guy in the face. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah one of the one of the vipers. <laughs> yeah, right in the eye, right in the eye, right in the eye. And someone has like a VCR gun. <laughs> she, she's, got, she's like rewinding stuff or something. 
What? No. Oh, that's uh, that's Scarlet's um, crossbow. Oh yes, I just <laughs> I just noticed she was like rewinding on her gun, and I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> just being kind. Uh, at this point, I wrote stealth. <laughs> so I'll bring. I'll, never mind. I'll, I'll bring this point up later because we'll get to it. <laughs> Why were you thinking about stealth? I have no idea. I think it was because of the giant plane and how shitty it looked. Okay. Uh, now, Matt, I'll ask you this. Is the G.I. Joe headquarters really in, like, the middle of Egypt? No. Okay. So that was, that they got <laughs> they wrong. They were the real American heroes. Why would they be in Egypt? <laughs> yeah, not Team America World Police, where everybody <laughs> is, like, called from the rest of the world. Because I believe in this movie, they try to tell us it's in Egypt, where people only talk of it in whispers. But before they take them there, uh, the the GI Dubros uh, get introduced to General Hawk, and I've really I've got to say this performance uh, by Dennis Quaid, at least in this scene, is just so flat and two dimensional. Yeah, <laughs> because he's a hologram. <laughs> ah. Ha, ha, ha. I wish I they had even a make a point to they even make a point to pan around and show that show the like, back that he's yeah, flat. Yeah, he's flat. <laughs> why? Why did they do that? Why did they show the back of him like that? I like we got it, guys. It's a hologram. <laughs> I don't feel they felt that you you felt that way, Brendan, because later on in the movie, I actually asked myself, "Is everybody in this movie a fucking hologram?" Oh my god, yes, because that's right after this. Like the, the a later scene after this is when there's like literally three holograms in a row. Yeah, yeah Baroness and Storm Shadow, and then they do a McCollin hologram that can actually touch things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was odd. But he couldn't open the case. No, nope. I didn't understand that. <laughs> the case was only. I don't know. I got nothing. Did you catch the other... I don't know if you caught it. I'm sure Matt caught it. Uh, the other G.I. Joe reference, uh, when they've got them... I think they're, they're taking them to the pit. I actually did. You did? Yep. With the whole... Life. Oh, wow, with, like, lifelike hair. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and real kung, kung fu, fu grip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Marilyn Wayne's uh, loopy in the, in the, in the ship. Because, basically, the G.I. Joes come down and save them. Uh, save mm-hmm. Channing Tatum, Marlon Wayans, because the rest of their the rest of their crew has been wiped out, um, and uh, essentially force them to go with them to, to meet with General Hawk again. Like you, I know you jo- you joked about Dennis Quaid giving like a two D performance, but honestly, he it, he does give a pretty flat performance in this movie. Yeah. Like I, don't... I actually I have a note here about Marlon Wayans, uh, and it says Marlon Wayans, you can act. Why don't you? <laughs> Like I, he was in was it Requiem for a Dream? Yeah, and he's like fantastic in that movie. It's like one of the best acting gigs he's ever done, and he's never done it again. Well, next to a haunted house too. Right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, okay, I um. So they're in the plane with the Joes, and Cheney Tatum has known these people for literally five minutes, and he's like, "I want in." Yeah. Well. They recruited him previously. Well, they tried yeah, they to, tried right? They tried to recruit yeah. him before, and he turned it down or something like that. He was going I thought through... it was because he was too emotional or something. Yeah, he was going through a lot, guys. Sienna, oh, yeah. Sienna Miller, he accidentally killed Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is the point where I noted, holy Sky Captain in the world of Tomorrow effects. Oh, that movie. 
the effects in this movie are just whew. Yeah. I get it was 2009, but come on. Effects were a lot better then than what they used. Yes, this is like this is like some Asylum Sci-Fi Channel stuff. Oh man, like I've seen movies like Star Wars was made in 1977 that had best better special effects than this movie. <laughs> yeah, and um, shit, uh, Phantom Menace came out like almost 10 years prior to this. Yeah, and despite what you may think of the uh, the goings on in that movie the effects are kind of top-notch no they are they're like as good as they could have been in 1999 yeah and yet still way better than this movie put out in 2009 so so we go back to our villain uh we we quickly find out that our villain is groundskeeper willie uh I don't remember Destro having such a thick Scottish accent in the com- in other cartoons and stuff like that. And, and not in the comics either, because when I read it, he didn't have that uh, thick Scottish accent. They should have known <laughs> that when they made this movie. And I looked him up. I looked up the actor, Christopher Eccleston, and he's a British man, so he's just doing a terrible Scottish accent. Yeah, he was he was the bad, uh, the bad guy in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, and he was one of the doctors from Doctor yeah. Who. And he basically shows up and he's like... Oh, yeah, wee maggots! Like, it's oh, so... Yeah, threw oh. the cable right out of the yard on that one. <laughs> Grease me up, woman! And there was one point where he actually mentioned the guy, like, somebody doing so well, they tossed the cable right out of the yard. Oh, I have a note that see? Get it? He's Scottish! <laughs> Good lad! I programmed my machines with Celtic. <laughs> Can you imagine a single, like, uh arms manufacturer doing that <laughs> like, let's let's use let's use a, a, a very seldomly used uh, language as our as the uh, command language for our uh, you know our, our stealth fighters yeah that, that okay is, so I'll uh, just put in Mars uh, thing actually is from the comics though that, that was the, that was the front that Cobra used to fund everything that they did yeah so I was I was kind of happy to see that it's it's a very subtle thing in the comics if you don't really pay attention to it you wouldn't see it um, but oh but you get you can't help but pay attention to it in this movie oh, it's mentioned every freaking five seconds <laughs> Mars is all over the place oh yeah uh, every, every gun you see has the Mars logo, logo yeah. <laughs> so, this movie, you guys, this fucking movie, a lot of holograms, <laughs> like a lot you said, of holograms. because uh, we get. Uh, can we just call him Willie? Well, you wee tune boy. So we got old Willie here talking to uh, talking to the Baroness, who's also a hologram. And basically telling them to, uh... Okay, the, the plot is so convoluted. She has, like, a fake husband. Who's a baron. Who's a baron. That's why she's called the Baroness. That's why she's the Baroness. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't just say, like... They just oh. couldn't say that it's, like, a nifty, awesome code name for her. But but she was engaged to Duke. Right. Which... When she where, was a where blonde. The, where the hell did that come from? Because... <laughs> That that's nowhere's in the comics or the mo- or the old cartoon. Well, that's because they wanted to give Channing Tatum a lady. Scarlet. Yeah. Yeah. No, Scarlet. but she she uh that Scar- they- Scarlet a hoe. <laughs> yes, actually, Matt explained this one to me earlier. Scarlet, Scarlet gets around. Yes. She gets around the GI Joe headquarters. GI hoe. <laughs> so in, in the comics, she's with Snake Eyes. In the cartoon, she's with Duke. In the movie, she's with Ripcord. Yeah. <laughs> 
inexplicably. <laughs> that that relationship was strange. <laughs> To say the least. So, he says, um, yeah, so Willie, the holograms, we get we get uh, Dennis Quaid saying, knowing is half the battle, or well, that's half the battle, or whatever. Uh, yes, that's half the battle. The, um, we find out that Willie is evil, and he's he's planted a tracker in the warheads, and he's going to take them back. And what's it, What's his end goal here? Like, his thing was to, to, ta- to have them steal it, and then take it back and, like, blame NATO for it? Yes, because he wanted he wanted um, he wanted all the uh, the heads of the governments uh, to ha- lose faith in NATO because NATO is like an alliance of countries, mm-hmm. uh, but it's like it, it's a uh, it's not necessarily a governing body. But um, if people lost confidence in NATO being the ones with the weapons that are going to be protecting everybody, uh, they would all want their own warheads. So they'd be buying more warheads directly as opposed to giving the funding to NATO to buy them. And NATO, it's the North, uh, North Atlantic uh, Treaty Organization. Um, it really only uh, governs our portion, really, of the world, if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, uh, he would have been fine selling to Korea, uh, folks in the uh, Asia-Pacific uh, area, uh, all those places. I mean, why he's focusing directly on NATO is beyond me. <laughs> I think it's because the screenwriters said, hey, people know what NATO is. Let's put that in. That's a fair point. My wife also noticed that um, apparently Storm Shadow uh, was the inventor of the fidget spinner. <laughs> I thought, yes. When he took out that star, that's exactly what I thought it was at first. <laughs> uh, he's just spinning it around like a fidget spinner. Yeah, that's totally what got those... Uh, Storm Shadow. See, he didn't have to those fidget get spinners in. hot. Well, that's what I was say. He didn't even have to join uh, an international terrorist organization. He should have just patented that. He would have made millions, and he wouldn't have to worry about fighting Snake Eyes ever. <laughs> you imagine he, when he has that lines like "fear is a great motivator." Hey, look what I've got. This is a good idea. <laughs> you know, the guys, I'm going to see the. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going to the U.S. Patent Office. Um, he just never shows up for the rest of the movie. <laughs> he just disappears. <laughs> so, guys, Joseph Gordon-Levitt shows up now. <laughs> yes. Or, I don't know, I don't know if it is him. It's definitely his voice. Like, is it him, like, actually walking around? I would, I would guess. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's like, you know what, I'll just phone it in. Well, actually... Just let me do it in post. He was really excited to do it, and he's the one that convinced Channing Tatum to sign on, apparently. Oh, really? That's what oh, I there read. There you go. But, um, I would like... He's had an interesting career, that Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What a guy. <laughs> I, I genuinely like that guy, but I want to ask Matt how close his portrayal of... Oh, who is he even playing... <laughs> the Rex, do- Rex, the doctor or whatever. How close okay, is that? Is that? I don't know what they called him before he became Cobra Commander. I don't recall ever. They just called him Doctor. Yeah, did they? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think he that's what. Yeah. Some doctor. Yeah. Does he have uh, any connection to Duke at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they well they he wasn't Baroness's brother yeah baroness's brother and anything either like it's 
And you had said that in one of the uh, comics that they had written him as uh, well, yeah, Snake there, Eyes' brother. There's a couple different origins, yeah, depending on, on what version of the comic you watch uh, or you read. Um, one of the origins for him that I didn't even know about, I just read about it yesterday actually, was uh, that he was Snake Eyes' brother. <laughs> and their parents were killed in a car accident. And... By the, the whole, <laughs> by Storm Shadow. What <laughs> in the world? Yeah, and uh, ba- the the whole origin was that they became vigilantes, uh, Cobra Commander and uh, and Snake Eyes, um, and then Cobra was persuaded to the dark side, and he wanted to go after the the person that killed their parents, and uh, Snake Eyes wouldn't wouldn't go with him and wouldn't wouldn't kill the person he wanted to just bring the person to justice and then what ends up happening is cobra commander goes after the the person that killed the their parents but then eventually hires him as the assassin to kill snake eyes you following this brendan i've passed you get your flow charts out so 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 what you mean is yes then this the movie the movie was accurate is what you said that's what i got Uh, but the doctor shows up and, uh, I kind of like what he's doing with the voice. Honestly, he's kind of doing something like at least a little bit. I, I feel like he's trying to do something different. Like a, that, that's, that's right with Cobra commander. He's always had like a different voice. Yeah. He, he, he's never had, like, even when he just had the hood mask, his voice was always different. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the movie, they gave him the reason with that respirator that he was wearing. Right. Yeah. He's basically um, Darth Vader. Yeah, I noted that he wasn't uh, star screamy enough. <laughs> what? <laughs> Cobra! <laughs> well, that's what he should have sounded like. Well, that's what I read too. Is that he wanted to? I was base quite it. upset that Battle Cry wasn't in the movie at all. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had read that he wanted to base it partly on the original voice of the cartoons, but he wanted to tone it down a bit too. If that's the case, that's the only bit of subtlety in this movie. Oh, yeah. No, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a fine actor, and he's making choices in this movie. Channing Tatum, I don't think, knows what a choice is in this movie. (laughs) And, like, here's another character. Like, I'm sure he's cool and, like, interesting in the cartoons, but Storm Shadow, like, I don't give a shit about him in this movie. See, yeah, that in the cartoons, at least the cartoons that I watched when I was a kid, he was uh, always, like, a badass. Like, when I was a kid, when I watched the cartoons, when I got the chance to, Snake Eyes was always... He was the one I was interested in, and so because of that, with his thing with Storm Shadow, he was always... My, that was, Any stories that featured that were heavy on both of those characters, I was on board for. In the, uh, in the comic books... Um... Snake Eyes is actually the main character. <laughs> Makes perfect sense because he's the coolest friggin' character. Yeah. He, he's actually the main character, and he's the one that all the tragedy tragedy is surrounded um, in in the comic books. <clears throat> Everything branches off from him into GI Joe and into Cobra, but he is actually the main character in that. There you go. It's. I feel like that was that now one. we know, <laughs> and, and knowing is half, half the battle. battle. Nerds. <laughs> I feel like that would have been a hard sell. Can we make Ray Park the star of our movie? <laughs> oh, the the fanboys would have revolted because he had a mouth on his mask. <laughs> oh, good lord! They no, they legit apparently did. They hated the fact that his his mask had a mouth. Well, so the the two main complaints from the fanboys uh, in this movie was that fact that Snake Eyes had a mouth on his mask, 
and the mask that they eventually gave Cobra Commander at the end of the movie. And if you if you look at the next movie, they actually fix both of those things. <laughs> so Snake Eyes talks in the second one. No, they took the mouth off the mask. Oh, okay. And actually, if you look at the photo that you put up, which is the DVD cover, yeah, they actually have taken the mouth off his mask in that photo. That what the hell? It's like the marketing team is like, guys, we're not gonna sell any copies unless we take that <laughs> damn mouth off. Um. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the Doctor, whatever. Um, does this weird like. Uh, example of what the nanomites can do to people's like blood because this guy yes. gets bitten by a cobra huh? Huh? right huh? and all the scars look like cobras huh? Huh? yes and uh the the nanomites basically heal him and make them like not you know make them uh able they're to do anything the poisoning and and getting sick and stuff like that yeah, yeah they're not worried about anything basically well, I mean, I'm sure a, a severed head wouldn't do them any flavors. No, supposed to be like a, a super soldier, which in the in the cartoon and the comic books, the Vipers were not super soldiers; they were pussies. There was actually <laughs> one point where they got the the super soldiers fighting, and one of them gets scared. I was like, "Wait a second! Wait, really? Yeah, there's one where he he like screams, <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait, he's not supposed to be scared of anything, and also have no pain centers." Oh. So. This movie has a couple of inconsistencies. Can we push on to the part where Brendan Fraser shows up? Well, before we do that, I want to ask the about the, the, the line... I miss that, actually. <laughs> ...about Storm Shadow just randomly telling the Baroness, you were my best student. <laughs> yes. Never visited upon again. No flashback ever no. of him that's training like her. Only, that's the only backstory that there isn't anything. <laughs> and then we do get a flashback. And, and how is she? How is she a student when it, like she's supposed to be like a right hand? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. And, and like then we get a flashback to the proposal between Channing Tatum and Sienna Miller in Happier Times. <laughs> and Marlon Wayans is so happy. Marlon Wayans <laughs> says they look like the little white couple on the wedding cake. <laughs> Yes, Brendan Fraser, a what were they thinking? Uh, star Alum. is back. Yep, yep. and he <laughs> because this is the point of the movie where we need a montage, and this pretty much represents how I feel about this movie because it's the the worst remix of like bang a gong, get it on, <laughs> but it's like yo bang a gong, get it on. Like <laughs> it's all this like terrible <laughs> rapping in the background, and I'm just like, Ugh. you could have just played the song. <laughs> <laughs> like it would have worked fine, and then yeah, Brendan Fraser is randomly in this movie. What what was that? <laughs> what mean you mean? How do we make this movie even better? <laughs> Put Brendan Fraser in there because he is a delight. You know what, Brendan Fraser, best performance of the movie. Well, I'm not gonna argue. I mean, he only had 15 seconds to work with. He was riding an ATV. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, actually, little thing about Brendan Fraser. The director of this movie, Stephen Summers, uh, also did the mummy. Yeah, and the mummy returns. And I guess Brendan Fraser basically begged him to give him some kind of role in this movie, no matter Dude, how small it was. There was like three mummy alums in this movie. Four, if you count the director. Yeah, we haven't talked about him yet, but Arnold Vosloo uh, is Zartan, another villain, yep. and oh, Benny. Benny from the Mummy. He he was he was the doctor that uh, that Rex gets kind of locked in the bunker with. 
Dr. Mindbender. Dr. Yeah. Mind oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he's very briefly on screen. That's right. Yeah. Five seconds. Yeah, five <laughs> seconds. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> I will just say here, there are way too many characters in this fucking movie. <laughs> well, when you got a toy line as large as G.I. Joe, you gotta shoehorn some stuff in, right? Yep. So Brendan Fraser teaches them how to fight with batons, which we never see again. Okay. <laughs> we don't, do we? I look. We needed Brendan Fraser. That's all. That, that's we're gonna put it there. That's where we're gonna leave it at. We needed Brendan. This movie needed more Brendan Fraser. At this. Okay? At this point, I had a fever, and there was only one cure for it. More Brendan Fraser. <laughs> well, then maybe you should have watched a Monkey Bone. Oh, or the Mummy. Yeah, or the Mummy Returns. Maybe. Or Furry Vengeance. No. Uh, so Brendan Fraser shows up and then disappears off the face of the earth again, and much like his career, yeah, Jesus, where the Poor hell guy. has he been? So Marilyn Wayans is like seriously horning after uh, what's her name, Charlotte, Scarlet, 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 and, and he, he mentions like she graduated college at twelve years old. Yes, come on, movie. Doogie did it at 16 for med school. Yeah, so. but Scarlet is real. Doogie is not. Oh, I thought you were going to say she's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, I don't know how to feel that you assumed that that's what I was going to say. Well, you know. You, you are what you put out there, Brendan. I'm just going to say. We also find out that Marlon is a terrible soldier. Because they're going through this training thing, and he's like, Yeah, if we average your scores, you'd pass. You'd pass too, yeah. And he's, a big sick math burn from General do uh, General uh But the whole montage talk. the whole montage he's actually doing like really good and everything. He's getting better and yeah, better like, and better. Like he's doing really good and then all of a sudden it's like, Yeah, well if, if we average you you're you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like thanks, Dick. For also for a second when you were saying the general's <laughs> name, I thought you were gonna say General Deuce. <laughs> no, I was not no. going to. <laughs> Shout out to XWA alums. <laughs> Deuce! Um, Anyhow. Yeah. This is the part of the movie where they, they try to hide the terrible visual effects by putting like really dark filters on everything. <laughs> but we also we also get Scarlet and her weird relationship line. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yes, where she's got like that science burn on him because... If you can't she's, study or quantify yeah, it... It doesn't exist. Yeah. And Marlon Wayne's like, all right, I don't understand words. I would have been like, y you're insane. Yeah, no, right there. Give up that pursuit, Marlon Wayans. No, she's insane because it is something that can be quantified just because you can't touch them. They've been, emotions and feelings have been studied for nigh on millennia. Oh, no, but I mean, like, if I'm Marlon Wayans, that's where I'm stopping. Oh, because she's insane. Yeah. She's batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. So, yeah, this the uh, the effects come in um, because uh, the the not cobras um, attack uh, the GI Joe base. The pit after the mass. Oh, this is my favorite part because we get uh, like a, like we said Arnold Vosloo as Zartan, who is a master mm -hmm. of disguise. Now, and is he really a jolly good fellow? <laughs> oh my god, they <laughs> play that as much as possible. So he. He, he uh, whistles that tune as much as possible because, guess what? It's going to come up later. But my thing is... Shadowing. 
he's supposed to be a master of disguise. And, like, his thing is, like, he puts the guy's uniform on. <laughs> he just walks around with it on. Like, that's his, well, that's his he, mastery. He pulls the hat down. Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> but pulls like, the hat he, down. Like, and, then, and, like, later, there, it, like, he's, like, on a camel. <laughs> like, that's his, like, whole disguise gimmick. And you wouldn't even know it was him, but they make him whistle the damn song again. Yeah, yeah. Well, they sh- they show the the guy dead too. Well, it's, yes, that's true. But like, I love how yeah, he's... you wouldn't have known it was him unless unless he whistled. <laughs> I just love how he's like, I studied, I, I I I'm a master of disguise. I take it very seriously, and then he just puts the dude's hat on. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? But yeah, big invasion, big invasion. But there was a real fun. You had mentioned the Mystery Science Theater earlier. During the uh, the whole fight and everything, uh, there was a point where I actually kind of geeked out in the Mystery Science Theater way again when he they tried to kill someone with a forklift. <laughs> oh yeah, Marlon Wayans <laughs> tried to kill me with a forklift. <laughs> oh my god, um, this is just then, a bunch of shit. <laughs> don't forget the ninjas. <laughs> what? Storm Shadow and uh, Snake Eyes uh, have a bit of a duke out. And, uh... uh duke. <laughs> they Poor Cover Girl gets killed yeah, here, too. Yeah, Cover Girl. That's, so that's her actual name? Yeah, that was supposed to be Cover Girl. Okay. Is she supposed to be, like, played by a supermodel? Yeah, that's that was the whole gimmick in the comic books, was that she was supposed to be, like, the best-looking... Uh, best-looking female Joe... So, so they call her Cover Girl. This has more characters shoehorned in than Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> oh my god, I don't ever want to watch that See, they fixed that, that in Retaliation, though. They just killed they just kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, guys, don't There's get... There's only three characters after that. Don't get too attached. If you watch the second one, don't get too attached to Duke, because he dies ten minutes into the second one. Yep. You're being generous. <laughs> Maybe ten minutes? Five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 the most annoying sequel thing, I think. Like, we're going to make you care about this character for two friggin' hours, or at least try to. And then yeah. in the next movie, guess what? Eh, so, so, so sad, he's dead. <laughs> but apparently, uh, they had to reshoot the second one with a bunch of stuff because everyone was so upset about everyone getting offed in, like, the first five minutes of it. Ah. <sighs> Wait, what do you mean? They... That, that tells you there's no third movie coming. Yeah. Unless somebody reboots it. <laughs> Which I'm actually legitimately surprised because both movies were very profitable. Um, but maybe they just thought because the critics well, critics and fans hated them so much that they were like, well, the, we, we burned them. <laughs> <laughs> this, and there were so many Wilhelm screams during this fight. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and then this was the fight where like it, I asked, you know, why were they screaming in fear? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they're supposed to be, like, fearless going into battle. There was a cool Predator fight and jetpacks, though. So, this movie, the fight scenes really are the fight scenes that you would have come up with whilst playing G.I. Joes with your friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 well, Storm Shadow, he's got a jetpack, and he's gonna fly away. (laughs) What's with that weird exchange when Zartan kills uh cover girl and then he looks at storm shadow and he's like oh yeah you don't kill women yes but with uh for zartan storm shadow would make an exception right what was but that's never played that's never like touched on again 
yeah, it's never mentioned, but the backstory with Storm Shadow is that he he wouldn't he won't kill a woman. Okay. And here here here's the thing with that. That's again something that you're left to deduce yeah. as you know a, a viewer. They could have done a lot of you know that with this movie. Just let people deduce. Oh, uh, you know, uh, Duke and Baroness used to be a, an item. Mm-hmm. We didn't need to see the proposal. Or all the other crap that went along with it. No. And, like, yeah, with this scene, you could just have them exchange a look, like a certain kind of look, and then there you go. You know, right there, he doesn't like it. Yeah. Like, done and done. This, this, I feel like Stephen Summers accidentally filmed description as dialogue. I don't feel the line hurts it too much. If they had gone with, like, a flashback to show why Storm Shadow doesn't kill women, that would have been a bit much. They don't... They did not need another flashback. Holy (laughs) shit, there's way too many flashbacks. I will say this, though. At least with the flashbacks, they weren't played out, like, all in order sort of thing. Where, like, you're, like, the flashback lasts... 10 15 minutes on end of the movie there's a couple though that like they come in out of nowhere like an rko and i'm literally like i i, I literally was like wait wait are did we just go back in time or this is still the same scene yeah like it just it just comes out of nowhere like an, like an rko <laughs> like an rko <laughs> um ripcord does have a nice little tender moment where he helps scarlet yeah sure okay helps her understand you know that you know, she fought. It, it wasn't her fault that everybody got killed and attacked and everything. Yeah, they have so... There were jetpacks! <laughs> I thought you were going to do, like, a Willem Dafoe. There was a fire fight! There was a fire fight! <laughs> Hell rained down on suburbia. This is my... This is... Okay, this is one of my favorite parts, though. I will because... say this... No, just before... Oh, sorry, just go ahead. before you say yep. that... <laughs> Rip cords. Ripcord's, uh, his advice is tub-thumping. Yes! I wrote that down, too! <laughs> Merlin is tub-thumping. That's exactly He's what like, I... you know, you, you get back down, you get back up again. <laughs> <laughs> if he had followed that up with, they're never gonna keep us down, I would have been like, nope, done. And, done, we're, I'm done watching this movie. And then the best, the best would have been if he said that, and they didn't, like, make a joke out of it. And it was like legitimate like advice. It straight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's like, wow, that's really good advice. <laughs> um, but this is my favorite part. Uh, only Snake Eyes flashback? Well, only because of one detail. When they. they we have another flashback, and it's mm. Snake Eyes, uh, who is inexplicably I- in Japan. And. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so it's very young snake eyes and very young uh storm shadow but mm-hmm. before that even happens there's this, um storm shadow's like master has like a giant like comically oversized bowl of rice <laughs> like it's the biggest like most ridiculous thing ever well isn't they're in the kitchen for the monastery though i know but just the seeing it i was like okay we're in japan like i get it guys <laughs> okay I will say this was the second best kitchen fight I'd seen in a movie. This backstory is the most accurate out of the whole movie. Wow. To to the comics. Good to know. Interesting. So, and it's like, it's probably like plot E. (laughs) Yes. Like, like, there's like eight subplots. Again, I guess... This is the spinoff that's going to happen now, because Storm Shadow... (laughs) Well, I suppose Storm Shadow's dead now, isn't he? This, uh, This... 
to be fair with these you know the characters interacting they always did have a certain amount of uh offshooting stories things going on that just kind of crisscrossed into the main fray of the story at least with the comic not the comics but the cartoons and and, and uh, things like that um so this it is accurate that they would do this sort of thing with this movie however it's it gets to be at some point so convoluted that you're like this would have been i don't know it almost like feels like it would have been better if they had done this as a, like a netflix series now mm. if they want to do live action yeah a hundred percent. That's what it would be now. I suppose, yeah. Um, also, this, this scene with Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, like the flashback, it's it's basically the exact same origin story for Jean-Claude Van Damme and Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, uh, except that well, the, uh, the, the nice sensei in Bloodsport, his son doesn't try to kill Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, but I mean, the whole thing with him breaking in and then getting fed and then getting trained and then getting better, you know, it just, it felt yeah. very blood sport to me. Okay. <laughs> this is also sure. where Willie uh, explains to us the opening scene, even though we saw it like an hour ago. Right, and he's Destro, get it? He's Destro. Destro, can I say Destro? He's destroyer few... of the worlds. I'll say Destro a few more times. But, uh, yeah, so they're setting up, um,. Zartan with the uh, the nanos, but uh, or the uh, that ship was it? It's, the, it's the nano. Knights. Yeah, but he's like, I'll control my own mind, thanks. So he doesn't take the mind control portion of it. He just takes the nanites so he can, you know, change the way he looks. Yeah, he throws away the little memory card thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, isn't this the same plot in Captain America 1990? Like, weren't they trying to take over the pre- like the president? Yes. Yeah. Yes. See, it's an influential film. <laughs> where where was Matt Salinger when we really needed him? I think I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So they the Joe Channing Tatum dumbass Channing Tatum finally figures out that uh, uh, Willie is evil because he must have put a tracker in the uh, briefcase. Oh yes, but the funny thing is, all the stuff that they were talking about, it wasn't the uh, the 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 tracker. He didn't put a tracker in it. Uh, it was the code when the the code he used to open the case activated a tracker. Yeah. Well, now uh, groundskeeper Willie does tell them all about this, or rather, groundskeeper Destro tells them all about this. <laughs> um, but nobody makes mention of it or anything like that, and they start basically just kind of jumping to these conclusions it's just baseless accusations slandering the good name of destro yeah he was the hero of this film yes guess what guys we got another fucking flashback <laughs> because this is where uh uh Channy tatum oh, fucking Channy tatum and joseph gordon levitt are fighting in the war and they send he sends joseph into a building to his death basically um, to do something, I don't know. I don't know. Get something. Sometime kinda... he was going in. And he they were they. That's where they were first developing the nanonites, right? Or nanomites. Also, so he went in, and then they they ordered the airstrike. So he only had four minutes to get into the building. But the airstrike came early. It's too early. It's too early. But it's funny because when you compare this scene to later, when we see what he actually did in the building, does not. It is not the same amount of time. 
Like actually, I I I have a bit here where uh, Channing Tatum does actually some of the best acting in the entire movie, uh, where he acts like a person who legitimately enjoys double bubble bubble gum. <laughs> well, don't because forget about double bubble sucks. <laughs> like super hard sucks it is the worst bubble gum other than thrills gum okay all right you know what now we're not gonna be able to get a sponsorship from double bubble or thrills they should have used bazooka or or, bazooka would have been fit that would have been that would have been a great one actually the nice little tie-in with the munitions there and everything yeah we're not getting sponsored by double bubble we're not getting sponsored by thrills or if you remember correctly from our last podcast we're not getting sponsored by miller genuine draft either (laughs) yeah or pepsi so, what did I say about Pepsi? Uh, probably some stuff. So, but the best part of the flashback is Channing Tatum's doing that motorcycle sunglasses in the rain morning at a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite, like, cliche. That's, like, right out of, like, Hot Shots. Like, but that's another bit that they could have used for that Team America thing because of Right! Remember when they're riding around, they're playing that, that Ben Affleck sucks song? Yeah! Yeah, yeah. I miss you more than G.I. Joe. Miss the point. Miss the point. Yeah, so Double Bubble has some sort of connection to G.I. Joe, right? Because otherwise it's just a random ad in the middle of the movie. Do they? That's the thing. Do they? I thought it was like a thing where that French dude always chews gum. Yes, but the the actual name of it... No problem. Does it ha- it does yeah, it doesn't have to be double bubble. In fact, I, I am pretty sure double bubble were like, you know what, our our gum kinda sucks. Uh should we improve the flavor, the taste, or the consistency? No, just get some product placement and people will buy it. Yeah, and also I gotta say it's so unrealistic because uh, have you ever heard like, okay, it's probably happened before, but generally, do you hear people when they go, Do you they go, Do you have any gum? They don't go, Oh, do you have any double bubble or do you have any excel spearmint <laughs> no they just the gum yeah but the he notices because like uh when uh Channon tatum is unwrapping that that piece he's like double bubble no one has ever been that excited about double bubble gum ever maybe it's breaker doesn't lead a very exciting life so <sighs> okay i get I'll, I'll give you that maybe it's a france thing <laughs> They do like a lot of things that are terrible. He does get very upset when France is under attack, like more than anyone else. And he's he's Moroccan, isn't he? Oh, I thought because yeah, the way he's he, Moroccan. <laughs> well, look at me. I'm country. Well, no, he's French Moroccan, but you're right. He is because like, Ripcord actually makes calls him Frenchy or something like that yeah. in the movie, and he's and he corrects him and he gets all offended, saying he's Moroccan. Yeah, I guess I'm just countryist. It's- um, we got another uh, hallmark of the movies we do here on this podcast was we get a lot of unnecessary explosions with like no reason whatsoever. <laughs> so many, so many dead civilians. <laughs> yes. Okay, because this scene is where um, so now that they've invaded the Joe's uh, pit and killed Covergirl mm-hmm. and wounded uh, General Hawk Dennis Quaid, they have the warheads, the nanomites, and they go to uh, Baroness's uh, French husband to the baron yeah to weaponize them <laughs> and, and that's how you weaponize things you spin them around yeah with lights <laughs> with lights yep yeah and once they weaponize them uh storm shadow storm shadow kills the baron because uh, ah! is the baroness i know it's now, to like, be fair he did that on the orders of destro it's so, or destro so 
so groundskeeper Destro. stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> because like it like it doesn't I was uh, I was actually kind of upset with Storm Shadow using guns. I just have a note here, lazy ninja. <laughs> Very lazy. Lazy ninja. ninja. Snake eyes use guns too though. Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy, Jin. So. <laughs> he doesn't use his fidget spinner nearly enough. <laughs> um, but it doesn't like I don't understand her like motivation for wanting the Baron dead. Like I know she doesn't really care about him, but like I I don't know well, why I think even bother. It's supposed to represent that she's emotionless. Yeah, but I mean, so. why purposely kill him? You know what I mean? Because she like grabs him and makes out with him. It makes out with the Baron. Storm Shadow kills the Baron and says, Yo, McCullen said I'd have to kill him I if he touched told you. you. Yeah, and she was like, I know. I heard you the first time. I heard time. you the first time. Yeah, there you go. And it's so, it's so like, it, she says it's so like menacing, and I'm just like, what, what, why was that your end goal? <laughs> She's like, I killed French husband. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, this is a scene in France. I don't like this action scene, I gotta say. Not a big fan. You don't like the accelerator scenes? No, <laughs> not really. What do they accelerate? You. <laughs> They're just matrixing their way through missiles. Yep. yep. And Marlon Wayans does a bit of, like, Chevy Chase Buster Keaton physical comedy. Oh, yes. Oh, the slapstick. Those suits cost a million dollars. Whoa! <laughs> Fuck me. What was it? all the quipping? So much quipping. Uh, it got to the point where I was just like, this is just, it, it's insufferable. Yeah. <sighs> At least it wasn't as much quipping as, like, last last movie we did, but it's... Oh, yeah. It, to be fair, though, they didn't have as much time to, or enough space to shoehorn in all the quips because they were too busy shoehorning in all of the toys and the characters from the comics and cartoons. Although. And all the cool gadgets that they used. Although, you know what line in Bad Boys 2 still would have worked in this scene? What's that? They throw in cars! They throw in cars, <laughs> yes. Because Snake Eyes is just, like, dodging cars. <laughs> jumping over them. And trying to kill Storm Shadow. And Channing Tatum and Marlon Wayans are trying to stop the Eiffel Tower from being blown up. And all the, everything's going on at once. Then Team America gets arrested. Yeah. Yeah, so the Eiffel Tower... By the way, guys, in this movie, the Eiffel Tower gets destroyed. Just like in Team America World Police. Oh, Oh, actually, I think we're getting a correction call here. Okay. Do you want to get that? Just a second. No, no, I don't want to talk to that guy. (laughs) Call from Marlon Wayans. You making fun of my movie? (laughs) You better not ever do Haunted House 2 on this show. <laughs> so Storm... Well, see, here's the thing with that. I know exactly what they were thinking. Let's make a terrible slapsticky movie with Marlon Wayans. Yeah. Done and done. Episode over. <laughs> yeah. So Storm... Okay. Storm Shadow... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's set up as a pretty nasty, like, killing machine, right? Like, he, yes. he's, he's... Yeah, he's supposed to be an assassin. He's a bad motherfucker. And he's killed tons right. of people. So what does he do when he's fighting Marlon Wayans? He hits him with spaghetti sauce... <laughs> a pot full of spaghetti sauce and then runs away <laughs> he's a lazy ninja I told you you also uh, you mentioned Team America gets arrested here but you also skipped another great line 
uh, Dead Guy Don't Break Dance. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have that noted. <laughs> because this is the science in this movie. Uh, Frenchie Martin uh, puts this device. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, there's one. There's a reach. Uh, Let's back up the culturally insensitive caboose here for a second. Well, Calm down with that. Hold on, Frenchie Martin was a was a was a gimmick. It was a manager in wrestling. That wasn't meant as a. At least preface it then, okay? That was a wrestling reference, guys. Real person's real person's fake name. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Moroccan Martin. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Brendan. You're welcome, Moroccan Martin hooks up this device to one of the dead soldiers and somehow sees his, like, what he saw before he died. (laughs) And then Marlon Wayans is saying, are you sure he's dead? Because he's moving. And he says, dead guy, don't break dance. They use the same uh, questionable science in... I've seen it used in other movies, too. Wild Wild West. Uh, Did they use it in Wild Wild West? Yeah, they checked his eyeballs. Okay, and they did the, uh, I think they did it with, um, oh, what was show was it? Constantine? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think uh, they don't use, it's not just like a minute, but they bring somebody back to life and use them uh, as a guide in, I think, Hellboy as well. Yeah. So there we go. So it's not questionable science. I mean, it's been used in Hellboy and Constantine, so legit fact you can read dead people's last memories. Is this uh, is this science <laughs> from the source material at all? I never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the look of disdain on his face when he said that. It would have been fantastic. Can we get can we get Craig in here with the camera? <laughs> Craig, oh no, 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 he, no, he's not doing it. Oh, it's he's union. It's not his day. Yeah, he's got to take his four hour lunch, so he'll be back in a bit. Marlon Wayans is just quipping. I just have this thing that just says like Marlon Wayans is just quipping nonstop, and it's just making me angry. <laughs> Long way from Miami. Yep. Um. They- so they get arrested. Uh, Channing Tatum hits the kill switch by jumping into the plane where they are holding the uh, warhead. So the Eiffel Tower does get destroyed, mm-hmm. but he basically saves the rest of France. And uh, we go to the North Pole. Because, of course. Because why not? At the- well, G.I. Joe is in Egypt, so Cobra is the opposite of G.I. Joe, so <laughs> they got to be somewhere as cold. Now, where- Matt just unlocked the movie for us. <laughs> Hot and cold. That's the ultimate struggle. Exactly. Where where are Where is Cobra... Uh, from or actually, like, where's their base supposed to be? They're always in rainforests. <laughs> oh my god! In the cartoons, so they went a completely opposite way. Yeah, yeah. Uh... This movie hurts. I was getting like Nick's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the, in the cartoons and comics, they were always like rainforests, swamp areas. You know, Brendan. I know it probably feels like we've been talking about this movie for like four hours now. It's only been about an hour and five minutes. <laughs> this movie is fucking awful, guys. Don't, <laughs> don't watch it. Just don't. Uh, let's push forward with the Robo Fish. Uh. If, and the Lady of the Lake. If we have and to. a terrible getaway. I'm just reading my notes, hoping to speed things along. <laughs> well, first, so Channing Tatum gets taken by not Cobra. 
And, it, like, uh, Groundskeeper Willie is smart enough not to reveal his entire plan, but then he sees the Doctor who reveals the entire plan, the entire plan, and another flashback. <laughs> Guys. Yes, and this is where we see that Benny was uh, there in the desert with them. Did you notice? Okay, so they flashback to Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the building, which, of course, the times don't match up. Did you notice, though, what pops up on the computer? No, that? <laughs> Benny has Norton antivirus security. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, Cisco uh, <laughs> Cisco Systems did the apparently the communications for the pit. <laughs> I noticed that product placement earlier too, and for some reason I have a, a Coke commercial. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I don't remember so. the Coke, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it just pops on the screen. Norton security. <laughs> And this is where you see Dr. Mindbender, and in the cartoons and the comic books, Dr. Mindbender is, like, a very important part of Cobra, and here it's just, like, he's some wacky dude stuck in a shack. Five minutes. (laughs) Five minutes. Yeah. Oh, five minutes is generous. That's Mm. very generous. (laughs) Like, maybe 90 seconds. Um... Yeah, so this is he just he goes into it, and it's so weird because like we know that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is supposed to be like a a very smart person already, but when he yeah he's almost like a almost like a Quaker type because he's just there in the field yeah he doesn't shoot anybody or anything like that but he goes into this shack and like he forgets that he's he's, got a gun out yeah he forgets that he's in the middle of a war zone and he's like let's send the medic in to to sweep and clear a building that's that's good military procedure and also he's just like so fascinated by this that he doesn't want to leave even though he knows the like the airstrike is coming in yeah and then mindbender locks the door what are you doing if we survive you i will teach you And we're totally, you know, we're, we're gypped of that whole thing. So, yeah, so they obviously survive, because now he knows. Like, he knows and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> but what, what what the hell ever happened to Dr. Mindbender? Yeah, because he just died? Because we don't even, like, get an explanation. Well, maybe that was one of the 3,000 cut flashbacks. Man, they could probably make an entire movie of all the flashbacks in the movie. I never, we didn't make note of this earlier, but the guy who played Adebisi is in this movie. Yes! And he's, like, super British. And he's also another Mummy alum because he was in The Mummy Returns. Oh, my God. Well, I know why we didn't mention him. It's because he doesn't do anything. <laughs> well, he says bloody hell a lot. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. My bad. And he looks like Blade in one of the scenes. <laughs> oh, Adam Would have been a way better Blade. He should have just played Adam BC in this movie. <laughs> With the little hat yeah. cooked to the side and everything. Oh, I was so, I was always so impressed watching that show. I was like, how does he keep that damn hat on? <laughs> oh, I think I have it. My note at this point really kind of sums up everything that's happening in this movie. Uh, what is going on? The last 30 minutes is like the worst. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, so much shit is going on. The doctor tells like a 25 minute story about what happened with him about how he's joseph gordon levitt and he's like baroness's brother yep. and then baroness shows up because she's actually being controlled by nanomites right and she helps him subdue the doctor and then he has her under control and then fucking groundskeeper willie shows up and like oh just like sh- stop 
maybe my I don't know I got my notes. Here's the three notes that I have at, at this point in the movie. What is going on? Just stab it. And facts of life shot. <laughs> oh, I know what the facts of life shot is. <laughs> That's where um, uh, all the underwater fights are going on. Yeah, and you mentioned something. I'd like you to mention the thing about the ice. Ice floats. <laughs> Steven Summers. Oh, and they explode the polar ice. Yes, <laughs> and it sinks. It sinks. <clears throat> Steven Summers, ice floats. You heard it here first. Yeah. I hope. I mean, I. I'm guessing you heard it here first because it wasn't in your fucking movie. <laughs> well, okay. I think I. I think I'm getting back on track here because at this point here, they take the president to put him in his bunker, which says Mars on it. Right, because again, as Matt said in the cartoons and comics, it was real subtle that Mars was there. In this movie, not at all. Also, when Baroness saves Channing Tatum and knocks out the doctor, um, she's like, we don't have much time. So then they start making out. <laughs> like, it's literally right after she says, we don't have much time. So he's like, oh, we better spend that time macking. Well, yeah. What else are you going to do? Got to make up for lost time. That's right. Right. There's nothing uh, pressing going on. Except their lips. Because <laughs> they're pressing them together there. To <laughs> form one of them kisses there. Right. Right. Is it kind of interesting that they saved the Russians first and then this movie? <laughs> no, they saved Beijing first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Snake Eyes blows up the Beijing. Uh, stuff uh, okay. First. So they, either way, they saved the communists first. <laughs> <laughs> and China. Yes. Yeah. China and Russia get saved first before... I just wanted to say... The before the real American heroes save America. Well, yeah, because they're selfless. <laughs> this Everybody in this movie is very humble. Uh, you know what the uh, the worst part about... Well, I don't know if I can narrow it all down. Uh, I was going to say, good luck. <laughs> the worst part of this section coming up is when they're in the bunker. And you've already known, oh, it's a Mars bunker, so something's amiss. And then they, you know, the the president's in there, his guys get shot, and he just turns and he's like, he's got this look of horror uh, on his face. I'm like, it's Zartan. Yeah. I'll there was, uh, there, it's the worst, because I was like, it's Zartan. Did you, I don't know why they even bothered to doing that mysterious thing, because everyone knows it's Zartan. Well, here's the thing. The first, I watched this twice, and unfortunate yeah but the first time i watched it i didn't even catch on to that because i wasn't i kept like zoning out <laughs> so i was like <laughs> at the end when he's just humming i was like why are we ending with the president just singing <laughs> that's a weird ending <laughs> he was like it was so hard not to play candy crush while i watched this movie <laughs> yeah do anything i was reading about the history of logs <laughs> in your log yeah in your log 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 Okay. My Bob Loblog. Did you put it? Did you put it on your? Uh, did you put it on your blog? Yeah, my Bob Loblog law blog. There you go. Um, okay, so this is like the last, the last like thirty minutes. It, a lot of shit happens, but like not a lot of shit happens. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you mean. They have a Death Star battle underwater. Yep. <laughs> they they give closure to so many origin stories. Death by fidget spinner. Yeah. Uh, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes have their big fight. Mm -hmm. Um, which he... And I know 
I know, spoiler alert for the second movie, Storm Shadow comes back, but Snake Eyes stabs him in the chest and then he falls into the, like, ice-cold water. How the fuck does he come back? Uh, I'm get, uh... Ninja Vanish! <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was gonna say uh, hypersleep through uh, cryogenics. Okay, so Walt Disney? It's ice-cold water. Yeah. Oh shit, Storm Shadow's Walt Disney. I would not, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Twist. <laughs> um, there, at this point, we're basically depending on Marlon Wayans to save the world. I just want to mention that. <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> I actually have Ripcord. You suck. <laughs> He's terrible. This is also where they got that thing where um, he can't fire the missiles and he learns he has to do it in Celtic. Trahim. <laughs> Trahim. Okay. And then he eventually catches the last missile it, it the, the the nanomite shit gets on his plane he flies up into space and mm-hmm. ejects himself in outer space right and and lands fine now to be fair that guy um from who did that uh, the world the world's largest skydive actually did you know skydive from above orbit uh or but he had like a, a, a super expensive suit on to protect him from, you know, yeah, it, burning it up. It wasn't. It wasn't that the, he was in outer space. He was in the outer part of the atmosphere. Yeah, right. Like pretty much right before he right would before, go into space, yeah. he ejects himself so he can still come down to Earth and not you, burn you, up. You, yeah, and you'll see like when he goes when he ejects, like this huge, like this helmet, space helmet type thing wraps his face when he ejects. So there you go. So, that's supposedly how he's supposed to be able to do this. And then he gets arrested. <laughs> Again. Yeah. I'm about C- to... Because, you know, no, you, nobody knows about the G.I. <laughs> right. The president... Certainly the Secret Service wouldn't be in on that. Yeah, because, you know, they don't protect the president or anything. Yeah, no, not at all. You guys are on a neat... Well, apparently they don't because <laughs> guess what? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't understand why they didn't kill him. I know, right? They didn't, they didn't need him after this. Yeah. So where is the actual? So the actual president, when he become, when he walks in and like becomes him, he doesn't kill the president. No, because the president's actually in the next movie. He's being held in another bunker somewhere. That's yeah. That makes no sense. <laughs> I'm guessing so. Zartan could study him further. But he says he says earlier that he studied him for 18 years. That dude's old as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. So Zartan started studying him when he was like 15? And, and how the heck can he still be president? That's what, yeah, I just realized that. How can you study someone? So he studied him. The corrupt American system. <laughs> it's fixed. The Russians were in on it. He read the, uh, he read the Russell Zone spoilers that uh, this guy was going to become president. So he started started yeah. studying his every move. <laughs> That, that wow, that's like the bit one of the biggest things. How would you know eighteen years in advance? This guy is going to be the president. Oh man, yeah, just the worst. Just the worst. And then we get uh, uh, groundskeeper Willie becoming Destro, and um, the Doctor becoming Cobra Commander. With by the way, we get about ten minutes left of this movie, which is unfortunate because. I'm going to tell you this. When I heard this movie was coming out, not the hugest G.I. Joe fan, I'm going to admit, 
I was looking forward to it because of the cartoons I had watched. And I was really hoping that when this movie was going to be coming out, that they were going to be getting in, like, they would just kind of jump into it. Like, Cobra Commander would have the either the hood or the glass mask. You know, we, every G.I. Joe is a, a thing that exists, and it's a team that's intact. There's no recruiting or origin stories. No, I, we had to sit through the whole thing to get that happening in the last 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it suffers from the same problem. Uh, well, they both have many other problems, but it suffers from a similar problem with, like, Lone Ranger. Like, you don't need the whole thing to be an origin story. No, G.I. Joe is, uh, I mean, we're in Canada. G.I. Joe is even, you know, a huge part of our pop culture lexicon. G.I. Joe! That whole knowing is half the battle. You don't even have to know G.I. Joe to know those PSAs from Saturday morning cartoons when you were a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless you're Brendan. Unless you're Brendan. And then you get it wrong when you put it up on the the web page. All right, guys. Or Facebook page. No. I I did. No to blame but yourself. I did what I could. Yeah, well, you didn't do well enough. It was in the spirit of the movie. (laughs) That's the... Well, I will say this. Your quote was about as accurate as this movie. Yes. Oh, wait, what? Exactly. Uh, So... uh, Willie and Joseph Gordon-Levitt Groundskeeper Destro Groundskeeper Destro and Joseph Gordon Commander uh, get put in prison because Channing Tatum has his whole army show up that mask that they gave Cobra Commander (laughs) Jesus yeah I I I didn't even know what the real one looked like and I thought it looked stupid so I can only imagine yeah well, it's it's funny because like I was saying, the two one like two of the main things that the fanboys were all mad about was Snake Eyes having a mouth mm. and the Cobra Commander mask. Yeah, and in the, in retaliation in the second movie, they 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 gave Cobra Commander the proper like helmet with the glass face on it, um, and then they gave they took the mouth off Snake Eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh... so the really if we could take one thing away from this. The true way to appease fanboys is the removal of mouths. <laughs> well, so, so you're saying that would have... And, and, and no masks that look like jellyfish. Right, right. <laughs> so I think someone should remake Transformers and just take away... And take out the parts where you could see Optimus Prime's vagina mouth? Yeah. No, everyone's mouth. <laughs> I want everyone to not have a mouth when they talk. Um... Yeah, so I, I gotta say too, like as we as we get to the end here, which of course is just uh, the Joes all prancing around. Marlon Wayans does some more quipping. Uh, I think he's probably gonna end up with Scarlet at this point. And uh, well, Scarlet's already kissed him at this point. Yeah. yeah, this is where she has shown her true colors of being a hoe. Gi ho, true colors. Yeah, and the president is Zartan. But I gotta say, this movie, like, obviously there was a sequel made, but they... Uh, yeah, because there was profits to be had. Yeah, but this movie is so cocky that they're gonna get a sequel, because there's so many things that are like, you know, he becomes now, the president, and they're like, ooh, what's gonna happen here? And like... Well, again, that that sets it up, but I mean, to be fair, G.I. Joe has been going on since the 60s. Now, the ones that we're familiar with, obviously, is the more of the Hasbro line with Duke and, and all them. But G.I. Joe has been the thing since the 60s with their lifelike hair and the kung fu grip. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, but I'm just saying that this movie, it very was very much like, well, we're gonna be a huge success. Hmm. Well, to be fair, they had Hasbro money, so yeah, yeah. I just, but you would think they would have better effects. <laughs> it would have been great if every time they cut to like special effects, it was just like GI Joe toys. <laughs> it's like just like pew 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 kids like clanging G.I. Joe toys together. And then and then Storm Shadow gets a jetpack and he flies off with Baroness. You know what? Better movie. <laughs> I would watch that over this. Because it would probably be about twenty five minutes long. Well and at least it would have been uh, fun to watch. Yeah. And in the spirit of the movie, we end with, like, the worst, like, Black Eyed Peas junk rock type shit song. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I describe it. I don't know what the song is, but it just sounds horrible. It's G.I. Joe in here. It's G.I. Joe in here. I got that. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. Uh... Matt, any, uh, any final thoughts on the uh, accuracies that you didn't get to point out? The uh, the whole movie is not accurate. <laughs> but other than that, per- they could have they could have done so much more if they had just introduced Cobra Commander. See, the way I would have seen it would be if they had Cobra Commander at at the very start of it. Cobra's not really a thing because you know the title's Rise of Cobra, um, and Destro is already there and whatnot, and then build to some of the bigger. Um, I mean, Cobra Commander's always been the main bad guy character, but they could have built to having like a guy like Serpentor in the next movie because he was supposed to be the king of Cobra. Oh. It's like he was supposed to be above Cobra Commander, even though in the comic books and in the cartoon movies and whatnot, he was never really bigger than Cobra Commander. Like he didn't play as big of a role, but he was supposed to be like the almighty Cobra. Um, so it would have been better if they had started there and, and built to like him being in like the second movie or whatnot. Um, and just cut out like all the BS with Baroness and Duke and, and ditch all the origin stories. Yeah. Like they, everybody already knew the origin and really the only origin that from a, like, I get I'll even say from a fanboy perspective that should have been remotely talked about is Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Every everything else, everybody already knows. These guys are American heroes. They're the, they're, they're essentially the American army as far as the movie's concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't need fifty different backstories. But actually, if I could frame this with a movie uh, that had been released almost twenty years before this movie came out, Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. You remember the first Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise? Yeah, uh, yeah, somewhat. Okay, they didn't. Uh, they they just kind of mention uh, uh, about the, I guess the division or the uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, the the folks that uh, Ethan Hunt is involved with. Okay, right. They don't have to go into this big thing about how he joined up with uh, the Mission Impossible crew, how long he's been doing this, what sort of, you know, uh, wretched childhood trauma drove him to this, or anything like that. You just jump into the movie, they're doing their spy thing, you know they're, you know, uh, international espionage agents. Done. Yeah. And that's, this movie could have done that. This movie, honestly, if they'd taken all that shit out, it would have been an hour long. 
<laughs> like, well, it, like, but they could have put in good stuff. No, I know yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, there was so much unnecessary bullshit. Yeah, like I mean, well, the thing that kind of threw me for a loop right off, right away, was when like, hey, Duke's not a GI Joe when the movie starts. Well, in the cartoons and in the comic books, Duke is like the head GI Joe. He is Joe. the like, GI Joe. He, he he's not General Hawk. Or, or General Flag from the, from the cartoons. But he's boots on the ground, yeah, like the G.I. Joe. He is the leader of G.I. Joe in the field and whatnot, and here he's a, he's a minion. And it seems like they have heavy duty being the leader in the field, when really in the cartoon, he is... Heavy duty is just... That's Atabisi, right? He, what's that? Atabisi. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he uh, He's just one of the... He's, he's like one of the grunt guys. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like... It's like, what? <laughs> And there's and break like Breaker is just like a little minion guy in, in the cartoon and comic books too. Like he's not like a big. They left out so many like actual big characters and out of the movie and, and used like these little little tiny characters that are barely mentioned in the cartoons and and comic books. Yeah, and I was gonna say that's crazy too because there's so many characters in this movie and yet they let out they left out like so many better ones. Yeah, well, the other thing, like, um, Zartan, yeah. he has a twin Okay, that's not mentioned in the movie at all. Aren't they the leader of the Prince and Guard? Or is uh, the Dreadnoughts. Or the... Dreadnoughts, sorry. Okay, sorry. Yeah, the Dreadnoughts is, they're, they're the leader of the Dreadnoughts. Okay. So, um, but yeah, on both sides, they, they it seems like they have so many, of the, so many characters, but they don't use, like, any of, like, the big ones. It's so bad. Well, well, that that whole um, training scene with Duke that you were talking about when he's fighting Snake Eyes mm-hmm. with the with the batons and whatnot, where they have uh, what's his name, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. They had a specific character that was the trainer in the cartoons. His name his name was Beachhead. Why the hell wasn't Beachhead doing the training? Well, maybe Brendan Fraser was Beachhead. No, he was um, Sergeant Stone. Yeah. Oh, is that what they call That's him? A, that was his name, was Sergeant Stone. <laughs> Who the fuck is Sergeant Stone? It's Brendan Fraser. So wait, you're saying Sergeant Stone is not a G.I. Joe character? Like I don't remember a Sergeant Stone. Well, that's in GI Joe. That's really funny. I hope I hope you're right because when I read about Brendan Fraser wanting to be in the movie, he he was like, I really want to be Sergeant Stone. So I hope that they were like the only the only two trainers that I remember in the movie or in the cartoons and in the mo- in, in the comic book was Beachhead and uh, Sergeant Slaughter. What? Sergeant Slaughter was a trainer you for the insubordinate insubordinate Joe. You didn't know that, Brendan? Hold the phone. Sergeant Are you serious? Are we on this? Oh my oh my god, you call yourself a wrestling you call fan. Your, oh my god. This is breaking news for me. I did not know Well, I knew okay. I knew there was a connection, but I didn't know he was an actual character in the comics. No, Sergeant Slaughter is legitimately the character from the comics. Is it based on the wrestler? Yes. Yes. What? Okay. Lieutenant Stone oh, Lieutenant is the name Stone. of three different fictional characters from the G.I. Joe franchise. Each one of them uh, are featured in different continuity. Two lieutenants appearing both in the animated series and comic books uh, for G.I. Joe Extreme and G.I. Joe Sigma 6. That's probably why you haven't heard of them. Yeah, I never watched any Sigma 6. I watched, like, the first episode and I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) And a a sergeant portrayed by Brendan Fraser in uh, Rise of the Cobra. So there you go. And they actually have, uh, in addition to each... 
uh, each of them actually have an action figure in the lines from Hasbro. <laughs> wow. So there you go. Don't recall. Well, because Link is Sigma Six. Stone. He looks almost like uh, like Duke would almost yeah. look like. Yeah. Actually, it does look exactly like Duke. Yeah. Because Duke had the flat top haircut. Yeah, that was extreme, and uh, I don't even know. I haven't even heard of GI Joe Extreme. That's him on the. That's him on the right, and that's in Sigma Six. He's a white Nick Fury. He is. Oh. Well, so, no, David Hasselhoff he's a, he's is a white Nick Fury. Yeah, he's pre, pre Sam Jackson Nick Fury. <laughs> oh my God! But you know what, guys? This movie, oh, we we clearly uh, didn't like it, but don't take our word for it. No, no, don't. Because this movie has a thirty-five uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's high uh, from critics, and a fifty for the audience. Split right down the middle. Um, this is my f- this is one of my favorite negative reviews. This is from. Cliff Dorkson, uh, Dorkson, <laughs> right away, yeah, or might be Dirksen, but I like to call him Cliff Dorkson, Dorkson, uh, from the Chicago Reader, he says, loud, shiny, and critic-proof, this franchise launcher is basically Transformers minus the humanity, and this Transformers is filled with robots. In, in fairness, too, though, if they had actually done what I was just saying, with how they could have had Cobra Commander at the very start of it and Destro at the start of it, they would have had the they would have had the Decepticons. They really would have, because there's Megatron, and then there's the the second in command Starscream, Starscream. who's trying to overthrow Megatron, and yeah. that's what happens in the cartoon and the comic books. Yes, there's Cobra Commander, and then there's Destro, and Destro tries to overthrow Cobra. <laughs> So they would have had the Transformers. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> they need to make a crossover movie now. Make it happen, Michael Bay. Um, I'll say this right here on this podcast. And then we'll talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Because it's Michael Bay. I will say this right here on this podcast. If that movie ever happens, it is going to be on this show. 1,000%. <laughs> Um, this next one comes from Christopher Orr from The New Republic. Sometimes a film defies conventional narrative and artistic standards so utterly that it seems unfair to judge it by them. Consider this a tone poem in 40 scraps of dialogue. <laughs> so it's pretty negative. Okay. You go. Um, well, uh, let's see here. Oh, we got this one coming from, um... <laughs> from the Chicago Tribune. Mm-hmm. Summers did the first two chaotic mummy remakes. Those play like tender mercies compared to this one. <laughs> well done, Michael Phillips. <laughs> yes. And Chuck Wilson from the Village Voice. Um, after a first hour that plays like a bad TV show, Summers hits his groove with an over the top Paris chase sequence that. In turn, leads to an underwater finale that's absurdly overproduced. Uh, monument, monumentar, whoa, monumentarily, moment, mo- mom- no, sorry, momentarily, okay, momentarily diverting and then uh, instantly forgettable. Pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Um, here's a positive review. <laughs> this is. Whoa. This is the this is the snippet they gleamed from the positive review. Uh, Matthew uh, Razak from Examiner.com says, again, this is positive. I don't think I've seen an untested film franchise be set up for a sequel so hard in my entire life. <laughs> and that's a positive. Yeah, that's a positive review. It's like, 
uh, uh, a barely positive review. <laughs> um, this one, if you guys have now, have either of you heard of this critic named Armand White? No. Basically, he's this contrarian critic. He's almost a troll. He go he he'll he'll do these reviews of like Transformers movies and like praise the talk s- like they're Citizen Kane. Yeah, and then do a review okay. of like I'll say like a recent one like Baby Driver and say like oh this is the death of cinema. So he's basically like <laughs> this. Yeah, but he but he his writing is really good, but it's like he chose to take it in another direction. So here's his oh, I say kudos to him. Oh, he's, he's a, yeah, he's something else. But here is his, <laughs> uh, review, review snippet for GI Joe. <laughs> Just brace yourself. GI Joe must be understood as an authentic measurement of our cultural values. It's appeal to the pop pop commercial synapses also demonstrates livelier filmmaking than such utter banality as Iron Man and Star Trek and Harry Potter's half-blooded chintz. <laughs> That's fantastic. He's a goon. <laughs> well, I think Matt would appreciate this one from Jeffrey Lyles. Uh, the snippet is... Uh, a dull, passionless take on a property that any fan could have outdone with half the budget. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because we said uh, watching someone play with G.I. Joe toys would be a better movie. Yeah. Our next movie. Ugh. Get the, Here's here's the, the clue for our next movie. We are going back already to the Michael Bainiverse. <sighs> And it's a goodie. Oh, it's a goodie. We also... Oh, I, I do want to say that the st- one of the stars of this movie is... Uh, what were they thinking, Alum? From long ago. I wish I was getting paid by the hour. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And stay tuned for our uh, mailbag next week as well. Mm-hmm. But I want to thank uh, Matt Pettifer for stopping by and telling us how bad this movie was and how inaccurate it was. I really appreciate you putting yourself through that. I really, really do. It was in like when when they said they were making it. I was wondering which origin they were going to follow. I didn't realize they were going to explain all new origins though. <laughs> and then you and then you saw the movie. And you were like, oh, none of them. Yeah, exactly. Well, no Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. I, I think I remember when this movie came out because uh, Matt had gone to see it, and I knew he was a he was a big fan. And I was like, what did you think of the movie? He was like. <laughs> he vomited all over your shoes. No, that was him choking back his rage. Oh, <laughs> it was funny because I I actually went and saw it in theater, and during the movie, all you hear is people going, "What the fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know it's a good <sighs> opening night when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I was there opening night actually too. Well, that's when all the that's when all the fans show. Uh, yeah. If you want to if you want a true fan experience of any franchise, go on the first night because any diehard fan is will have at least sold their mom to get a ticket. So I guess, so I, I guess I guess this just leaves me with a with a couple questions for you then, uh, Nathan. Just a couple. Just, <laughs> I'm gonna narrow it down. Okay, but, just like they did with this movie. <laughs> right, I'm going to dumb it down as much as possible. Much okay. like G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Rightio. Um, in a movie mm-hmm. where the one of the most popular 
and beloved villains shows up in the last five minutes. Right. And <laughs> noted, there are 250 noted explosions with probably 240 of them being unnecessary. Almost to a Michael Bay in proportions. Yes. In a, in a film with uh, approximately 74 minutes of flashbacks. Yeah. In a, in a movie where Channing Tatum has the look of a deer in headlights for the entire film. I'm with film. you so far. Yeah. And and in a movie where Marlon Wayans somehow isn't the worst performer in the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. And in a movie where you gotta, like, in a movie where Michael Bay appears to be your inspiration. You're narrowing nothing down. <laughs> and finally... In a movie where Snake Eyes, indeed, has a mouth. Okay. I just have to ask you. What's that? What were they thinking? <laughs>